Buying and selling real estate, it can be a tough business to navigate. Sounds like you need some friends in the know. For instance, two longtime Twin Ports real estate professionals who know the ins and outs of the market. This is the Twin Ports Real Estate Show on 610 and FM 103.9 KDAL. Hey, good afternoon and welcome to the Twin Ports Real Estate Show. Jim Running, Gary Callagher here from Remax Results every Saturday on KDAL from 12 to 1. 610 a.m. on your dial. And, Gary, what's our FM handle again? We're at 103.9 on the FM dial. Good afternoon, sir. How are you? Jim, we're doing great. Gary, has anybody but me called you sir in the last six months? No. There you go. All right. Hey, we have a pandemic special, right? Yes. 2021, we want to talk about the pandemic of 2020. But we have a superstar roundtable of agents here. Um, we are actually in a training room at Remax Results, and there's plenty of social distancing, so people don't worry about us. Um, so I'm going to ask that we go around the room and everybody introduce themselves, and then it's going to come back to me, and I'm going to ask you a question, and the conversation will go. So here we go. Let's start with you, Megan Wilson. Well, I'm Megan Wilson. Awesome. <laughs> Do you want to know more? We want to know more. We want to okay. know how long you've been in real estate. Um, you shamelessly um, share your information. We like to have people shamelessly exploit themselves on the air. So that's how we'll go. Okay. Well, I am Megan Wilson. I've been in the real estate industry for 11 years. I started as Jim's humble assistant, and now I am a real estate ninja. Um, And I'll shamelessly share my cell phone number. Call me or text me at 218-428-7528. All right. Michael Ravala. All right. Hey, I'm Mike Ravala. Um... I have been in the business, this is my 19th year, I believe, and uh, I um, also started with Jim, he is actually my uncle, so we, uh, I think I was one of his first teammates we, to create a team, so now, um, yeah, I'm on my own, I have my own team, and uh, uh, you can call or text me anytime, just like Megan, at 218-591-6453. All right, next, Kim Zach. Hi, Kim Zach. I'm new. Uh, started in October, uh, but I've known Jim for, gosh, he's so old, 35 years, I think, now. Yeah, uh, right. So I'm part of the Twin Ports team, um, and I will shamelessly promote myself, too. I will work extremely hard for you, and I can be reached 715-790-0192. Ryan Bayless. And I'm Ryan Bayless. I uh, work with Jim on the Twin Ports team. And I work in commercial and residential real estate, and uh, my, I can be reached at 218-341-5833. All right, so Gary, in this group, you're the only one that, uh, I guess, I need to think about this, didn't, didn't start out working with me. Awesome. Um, but that all goes with us building a company. All right, all right, here we go, kids. First question, when the pandemic hit, what was your initial reaction? What did you think this would do to real estate? Did anybody think that it would create one of the best real estate years that we've ever experienced? I did not. Not a chance. Um, <laughs> no. no. No, I did not. Okay, so somebody give me a reality of um, what you expected versus what happened. Well, I'll go. This is Mike. Um, I know when things got shut down, um, I know specifically last October or in 19 when we got shut or it was March when we got shut down we were supposed to have a our state hockey tournament and it was the first time Superior had it in uh in Superior in like 30 years because we have been 
um, going by Minnesota ages. And uh, that Thursday night before our Friday state tournament, they shut us down. Oh, no. And uh, let's just say the kids were devastated, and that's when everything got locked down. And I was thinking that we were going to be taking a extended vacation, and I was home for two days, and I'll, the my phone started blowing up, and um, let's just say the rest was history after that. So real estate kept just kept going and going and going. Oh yeah, that's it, what we it, all know. Like, yeah. Okay. So, um, all right, Gary, how about you? Question. Well, I think one of the big things about the pandemic that I remember when it first started was we the real estate industry was considered an essential business, and so huge. we we didn't get shut down. Uh, and so I think that that uh, as we got into this thing, as we got through March and April, and I think really the uh, severity of it like exploded, I think um, uh, as we continued to work, I, one of the things I really noticed about people, you know, be it buyers or be it sellers, people were really ap- apprehensive. And, you know, we started walking into people's houses and I don't know about you guys, but I wore rubber gloves. I had an extra pair of shoes. We, we had, you know, the masks on. And then we got to a point to where people, as we went into houses, sellers started not freaking out, but they started being really concerned because you got to remember, the kids are home, they're not in school, everybody's locked down, and all of a sudden people are coming into their houses that are like, oh, wow, who are these people? Where have they been? Have they been in contact with anybody? And I think people had this high level of concern. And I think as we walked into houses, people were leaving notes like, don't touch the countertops. Don't touch the lights. You know, leave them on. Everything's on. Don't touch the door handles. And we had this like, uh, this this really big fear factor of like, don't touch anything in our house. You can come in and look at it, but don't touch anything. And uh, uh, even to the extent of like, people wanted us you not to bring your own shoes, disinfect your shoes, stuff like that. I mean, just wild stuff. So I think the, the fear factor that we all uh, experienced, uh, along with the fact that I don't know about you guys, but I think a lot of people didn't want to put their homes on the market. Mm-hmm. And so that fear factor just exploded as we got into March, April, May. Yeah, and on the other end of things there too, like I had some buyers that their industries were shut down um, because of the pandemic. and. I really felt that when it first hit because it it put those searches on hold. I had a couple deals fall apart because of that. I had, you know, buyers working as airline mechanics, you know, stuff like that when it was like there was no idea when those jobs would be be up and running again. And so I think the pandemic had a lot of uncertainty in there um, for buyers up front because you can't get a loan if you don't have a job. So I saw that end of it in addition to all the stuff that you guys have mentioned about sellers too. Well, one thing that I ran into, which was surprising too, was tenants and their rights during all this, because I had a situation where I had a landlord trying to sell a property, but the tenants didn't want to have showings. And it was really, there was a lot of uncertainty over, does the owner have a reasonable right to enter the property? And we ended up having to do almost entirely virtual showings for the first month uh, with these tenant situations because tenants didn't want people coming through and we actually sold a couple of these properties sight unseen to investors who still wanted to get in on the market um, and they bought them without actually ever seeing the inside. All right, follow-up question to that. Um, speaking of 
tenants and being able to access properties. Uh, well, not tenants alone. Not being able to access properties. Who wants to comment here on the virtual world of selling real estate? I know everybody in this room, I think, has sold a house sight unseen, meaning the buyer really never got into the house physically, yet they bought it based off of um, a video that either you supplied or was supplied on the multiple listing service or on the and then shared to the internet. Let's have some um, discussion about those situations and uh, was it always a smooth transaction? Did you have issues or what issues were there? And I know we've all done it here, so who wants to talk first? Megan. Sure. Um, I've actually sold, I, I have four deals right now that I'm in the process of getting to closing that are sight unseen buyers. Um, and it's really changed the way we do business a lot. I mean, I would walk through, these are these are all buyers that are under contract that I represent, so I'm able to advise them a little bit, uh, a little bit better in that sense. But I would walk through with my phone and do videos and talk through the house like I would with a typical buyer. Um, and then I'm sending those over to my buyers so they can watch them and replay them and pause and zoom in on things. Um, so that that was a huge tool, but those buyers were putting a lot of trust in me. Um, and obviously, I highly recommend home inspections in situations like that because I'm not an inspector. The other thing that I think has made it a little bit easier for those sight unseen buyers is just kind of the virtual walkthroughs that you're seeing that some agents are doing where you basically pay a, prof a professional photographer to do like a Matterport or an iGuide um, virtual walkthrough and you can click on spots and walk through a house, see the floor plan, um, those sorts of things like, you know, like a floor plan that you can't easily see in photos you know, having those extra tools being used more has been a huge positive in the real estate industry. Yeah, I mean, I what Megan said is basically it too. With a the the escalation of the high definition photos too, people can really see these houses. They can zoom in on on areas of the house if they want to, like get like, is that a crack in the wall? They can zoom in on it and see the crack. So. Um, but basically, a lot of that is uh, what I'm echoing what Megan said. All right, folks, let's take a break here. You're tuned into the Twin Ports Real Estate Show, and we're going to come back more with our discussion with our panel. Hey, welcome back to the Twin Ports Real Estate Show. Jim Running Gary Callagher here from Remax Results, and we've got a roundtable going on here with a lot of agents from our office, and we were talking about last year's effect on the pandemic, uh, on a pandemic on real estate, I should say. All right, let's move a little bit into the future. Um, how are things so far this early, early spring when it is so below zero? And I'm going to go to you, Kim. Um, <clears throat> so you're relatively new. Have you gone in your first house that's below zero yet on the inside? Actually, no, I have not. Oh, you'll get there. Lucky. <laughs> There's no feeling like a house that's 10 below zero inside, you know, just like the outside. Um, let's talk about that, though. In the pandemic, Kim, you're coming to this relatively new. Um, you're coming in wearing a mask. You're coming in um, with all of these restrictions that may be out there, all of these nerves that are out there. What's your experience been? I know you've worked with a lot of buyers out there and, and several sellers. Give us an experience of what do you think about real estate now? Well, it's very, it's very interesting. Um, I'm not going to 
sugarcoated is like when I wasn't even sure I was going to be able to come into the industry because there was so much uncertainty. And now that I'm here, just adapting and actually wearing a mask is pretty comfortable for me coming from my past. Um, it's not new to me, but just, you know, reassuring the buyers and then just taking that extra time, especially during uh, uh, open houses or showing, just making sure to clean everything down and just being really respectful. Perfect. Um, Ryan, let's move on to you. Sure. Some of your experiences listing and selling property. Um, I know that you and Gary, um, you were the same thing with um, gloves at first and different shoes for inside the house, I believe, and some other things. But maybe things have changed a little bit. Give us an idea of um, how has this changed your real estate life as you had come to know it? Well, I mean, I think you, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, it's getting used to wearing a mask and being socially distant and doing a whole lot more over the Internet uh, and foregoing in-person meetings when, when you can. Uh, I mean, I'm, I've always been a guy that likes to do face-to-face -face interactions, and one of my primary prospecting tools was always door knocking. And I feel like door knocking during a pandemic probably isn't the best idea. It doesn't look the best. <laughs> you might have been shunned. <laughs> yeah, I Turned mean, away. Have it, knocking on a stranger's door. I mean, you don't know if they're in a situation where they have a compromised immune system or maybe they just don't want to see somebody, a stranger from outside their home knocking at their door. So reinventing some of my prospecting strategies and uh, just doing business different in general has been a, a huge change. All right, Gary? Well, a couple things, Jim. First of all, I want to say that I did go into a showing with no heat and the sub-zero temperature <laughs> last week. And I, uh, one thing I'll say, it makes for a very quick showing. And uh, it, it, That's a great point. It's, a, it's an unpleasant experience. I, I mean, it's not a lot of fun. I mean, I, there's just no way, other way to shake that it shakes out. Um, but... Um, uh, it, it's, it happens. We still have those properties. Uh, and I want to back up a little bit. I want to go back to the virtual tourings, the videotaping that we were talking about a little bit ago, because we all did this last year. This, I think, was a, a, a new thing for all of us. And one of the things that I think is very difficult to tell, and I think it's, it's critical that you have to convey to your clients uh, as buyers that are moving from another area, uh, is some of the emotional things that you can't get in pictures you can't smell that house, you know? You can't experience stuff like that, whether there's moisture or cigarette smoke or, or whatever the case may be. And, and being able to convey that to somebody, uh, you know, because people have allergies today. Pet smell was another one that Megan mentioned earlier. Talk about some of that a little bit as to how you were able to convey some of those things to people, because I think it's an important thing that people need to know about. Well, when I uh, do virtual or video tours, I'm just very me and I say like very blunt things. So if I walk in a house, it's like, oh, welcome home to your pet scented house, you know, like, like just as I'm walking through or, oh. Keeping it positive though, it, I like it. <laughs> it. And you know, you'll open a closet door and you'll be like, oh, it smells like the sellers might be a smoker, but the, house, the rest of the house doesn't smell like smoke. So I think it's really... Like, as an agent, it's really, like, verbalizing the things that go through your head so that a buyer can kind of experience that home with you. So that was just kind of my big thing is just thinking about it in the sense of, like, anything I think, I just say. 
And then, I mean, obviously, like, I wouldn't send those videos to anyone other than my buyers because they're probably like, oh, my goodness, I haven't met Megan, but she's crazy. <laughs> but, no, it's really, like, it, a lot of that falls on us as agents when we're working with buyers who aren't here to, to do that. And I know I ran into some snags up front. Well, I was trying to do FaceTime stuff up front, and I don't know about you guys, but if you've ever done a FaceTime video and you go to the basement, all of a sudden everything's, like, you know, freezing up, and I felt like that didn't really give buyers that full experience of like what the house was like. And that's when I started just doing videos and sending them to them so they can replay and they can really experience it. Because that's a big thing, you know, even for buyers who look at homes, like how often do they go back and they're like, oh, what did that look like? So I think video has really helped us with a lot of that stuff. Um, yeah, so for me on that aspect too, like the smells, but also like if you walk into a place and you can I point out like the negative things like hey there might be a sloping floor or maybe a, a post is raised up and you can they feel a, a hump in a room you can't really see that in pictures so then you explain that but positively too I'll be like hey look at these door frames they are completely square and straight and that is conducive with this this floor being very flat and very solid and this is you know so that I convey like the good things also but it's but it is a point to like go around and I like point um, point out some of the the defects that you can't see in pictures that you, if you're walking around in there, you can you can point that out. Are you trying to sink and you're like, hey, check out this water pressure? <laughs> That's it. <laughs> that is power. I'd like to jump in and sit and just point out how important it is, especially when you're doing these virtual tours, to get buyer representation. I think this mm -hmm. just illustrates it. Because if you're working directly with a listing agent to buy a home, you aren't necessarily going to be informed of all these intangibles or have someone that's always looking out for your best interests. They may be looking out for the seller's best interests. So I think buyer representation is imperative, especially if you're buying virtually. I want to give uh, a little tip here. Um, I know I talk about you talk about taking videos and FaceTime and all that type of stuff. And one of the things I learned last year with, with sending uh, videos to people was I was having the same issues. And, you know, even I would take videos through my the, the pictures, and it would take so long for, from download for people. But I learned that if you go into your, if you have somebody in your text, in your contacts in your text, you can go into your text, and they've got a little movie icon. And when you press on that movie icon, you can get your video, your photos, whatever you want to do, and you can do... The videos work much better because there's no downloading of them. They go directly to the clients. And I've been able to take videos, you know, up to a couple minutes long without any problems whatsoever. And so if you've got that, that function and you can utilize it, it seems to work a lot better. And it goes directly to them right now. And they really do seem to enjoy that. Is that pretty good resolution that yeah, that comes Yeah, it's great. You know, and the other thing, if you've got an updated phone, you can get 4K video on your phones. And it's wicked. It's very good. It, mm -hmm. it really shows a lot of stuff, and uh, uh, I've, I've yeah. used it religiously. For me, too, I would, I would make the video shorter. So I might do one room and be like, all right, I'm going to stop this video and go into the living room next, and then send that. So I could, it would be a smaller file, and it would be like a per-room video basis. Because I, I tried video one time, and I was going through, and then I had like a five-minute video, and nah, you couldn't send that any kind of way. Oh, I do seven-minute videos, and it's like real estate sitcom with Megan Wilson. And then I use I use Google Drive and Dropbox a okay, lot yep, because then 
they can access those files, they can keep coming back to them. And then I also have those files if I have you know, two buyer clients that are interested in the same home, then I've got those walkthroughs to send as well. So, which is not uncommon to have two buyers interested in the same home right now. All right. Um, we don't have to talk about the pandemic for the whole time, but I want to swing back to that right now because now we're in the, um, we're in the, what effect does this have on the local real estate community? And Gary and I have talked about this for a long time now on the radio show and that is that in the end, as far as real estate goes and as far as the numbers go, the Twin Ports is going to come out of this in a very positive way in terms of who is living here now and who wants to live here. And that's attributed to being able to not only work from home, but companies saying, please, we're going to have you work from home. And then the employee goes, well, do I have to live near the company? Nope, you can live wherever you want. And the Twin Ports, um, I believe, has been the recipient of a lot of those types of buyers. There are other states that are in the news, Florida, Texas, a um, few other states where th that migration is also happening. And Gary and I have also been talking about people leaving New York City, other big metropolises like that, and then California because the cost of living, the way that they're taxed out there, is really driving a lot of people kind of nuts, and they're glad to get out. So let's talk about that. Have you um, all had experiences with people coming here saying, well, I can live wherever I want, so I want to live where there's four seasons. I want to be able to snowshoe. I want to be able to go hiking. I want to do all this stuff that you can do around Lake Superior. Um, so let's talk about that. Um, let's start with you, Ryan. Give us some experiences, um, comments maybe that you've heard, et cetera, et cetera. Honestly, I haven't had people who are moving here as, say, just because of the pandemic, because they can. I mean, I've had people who are moving here uh, for various reasons, maybe new jobs. I've had also a lot of speculative investors who are investing in the area on the idea that property values are going to go up, especially with the new hospital being built. I've had a couple out-of-state investors call me and buy investment properties sight unseen. Okay. All right. And then, and, you know, I get what you're saying there. Okay, Mike, let's go to you now. Even though, um, so you have out-of-town people and maybe they're starting a new job, but the, the, the reality is, Ryan and, and Mike, let's go to this, a lot of these people are able to look here. They might not say it, but the only reason they're here, able to look here, is because they do work virtually. Mike, what have you run into in that sort of situation? Yeah, I think the virtual, um, the, job, the virtual job scenario has created where people can just be like, hey, I want to get out of this, say, metropolis area and go into an area that is maybe a little more conducive to what they want to do. Um, and I do believe that Twin Ports is an area where you can got, it's like a little big city, but you've got a lot of things you can do with the hiking and the natural beauty that we have here. So I believe it's a great destination for these people when they're looking, when they can work from home and uh, to, to be here. And I've had people from, a lot of people from the cities come up here, from Chicago, uh, Washington State, um, so yeah, definitely from all yeah. kinds of areas around the country. Yeah, and I would say that the other one is not just because of the tax situation, but the the social unrest has also driven people away from communities. Megan, do you hear anything about that? Like we just had to get out of that area or anything like that? Give us a give us an idea of 
maybe the interesting thing that you ran into because of the pandemic, if there was? Yeah, I've got, well, I've got a handful. I've got, you know, some buyers from Montana that are wanting to get out of that area because everyone is moving from the big cities to their, like, to Montana. That's one of the other big states. Yep. To their more isolated community. And it's starting to feel like a big city now to them. So they're their roots are from this area, so they're like, well, it's time for us to go back. Once again, they're working virtually, so they have the ability to do that. Um, I have some buyers that are relocating here from Oregon because they got hit by the, they're in the southern part of the state, they got hit by those wildfires that are, are getting a little too close to home. They work virtually, they decided, let's hit up the Midwest. Um, just had some buyers relocate from Florida because it was too cold down there and there were too many people there and they moved here two days before the deep freeze. So, um, <laughs> so But they still love it. I've checked in with them. They're doing okay. Um, <laughs> like a but, survival check? Are right? you people still alive? <laughs> but no, we are, we are seeing a lot of that and I think... You know, what I hear from people, you know, Duluth, for example, has just really been a hot spot for outdoor recreation. And we're known nationwide for hiking, biking, water stuff. And I think that something like that is kind of a magnet for those people that are looking to go somewhere where they can be outside. Okay. Follow well, up on that, Gary? Yeah, I think the, the everything here is... is is good, and I think you touched on it a little bit. Uh, you know, California. I think we talked last week. Idaho has been a big state that people have migrated to, um, and I think when you look at Oregon and California, you know, we've dealt with more people moving into this area from California in the last year than I've ever seen in, you know, my time in real estate. And the 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 theme that you hear over and over and over again is we can't take the fires anymore. We can't take the natural disasters. We've just we've had it. You know, and it, it people are burned out. But I think the other thing that people are, you know, when you when we talk specifically about California, is the cost to buy a house out there is staggering. And we had one couple in particular, a family of five, uh, last summer move up here, bought a house, and and I wasn't working with them. I was the listing agent. But at the closing, I said, "Geez, why are you moving up here?" He said, "We've been renting all our life. We could never buy a house, and we wanted to buy a home." That was their number one reason. All right. Um, we're going to take a break here shortly, but before we do, I just want to follow up. I want to give you some time to think about some things. Um, first of all, we were talking about people moving here into the area, um, and I, I want to talk next about what you think that's going to do to our values. Um, Gary's talking about California being basically unaffordable, and compared to California and some of the other states, the Twin Ports is such a deal it's unreal. And we earlier touched about land sales going up and the reason being that a lot of people are going to build. Um, and I think that our values as they come up might be equalizing the building costs a little bit better. So people are looking at that, that as an alternative. So when we come back from break, I want to have comments on kind of all of those things. So folks, tune in, or, I'm sorry, stay tuned in to the Twin Ports Real Estate Show. We will be right back. Hey, welcome back to the Twin Ports Real Estate Show. Jim Ronning, Gary Callagher here with several guests. We're all from Remax Results. And before we get into our discussion again, let's go around here and everybody real quick, give out either your name and your phone number and your email address or whatever you want to give. Uh, let's keep it quick and then we'll get right back into subjects. Let's start with Megan again. Megan Wilson, Real Estate Ninja, 218-428-7528. Mike Ravala, 218-591-6453. 
And I'm Ryan Bayless, 218-341-5833. Gary? Yeah, Gary Callagher, 218-390-0615. And forget all of them. My name is Jim Ronning. Call me, too. Oh, just kidding. All right, 218-348-7653. All right, so the thing that I'm excited about is the land sales that we were talking about and the effect that that's going to have on construction. Because um, there's a lot of factors that are driving the housing um, I don't know if we want to call it a crisis, but the housing shortage, and of course Gary and I have talked about this for, for years, is the impact of the millennials, the largest generation ever, and they're in their full swing of, of buying, and there's not enough inventory. Um, so let's talk about the values going up here, and do you think that, well, do you think, do you know of a lot of new construction projects that are starting that um, you hadn't seen, like, say, five years ago? Anybody? Uh, I wouldn't say I know of like a lot that are starting. I know of a lot of buyers that are picking up land and making plans for the future. But I also know of some um, clients of mine who have kind of put the brakes on building right now in hopes that the cost of building supplies will eventually come down a little bit. Yeah, so, si- similar to the um, with the shortage of housing i believe is now increasing the land sales and people picking up that land too and i really haven't seen them uh let's just say stick building right now but i have seen a few of the people that bought land they might have gone into that modular home or manufactured home route um but uh, because the cost of building is extremely high right now and we do have a lot of modular and manufactured products out there that are very popular and you're exactly right um, and I, I just think, I think that as values go up, that's going to equalize our construction costs and what the Twin Ports needs, and hopefully it'll show up, is we need a big track builder here um, that's going to develop entire communities um, like it is happening in, in other communities. And I think that's going to happen because the Twin Ports is ultimately becoming so popular with so many people. Uh, Gary, any comments on that? Well, you're seeing it. Uh, you know, you're seeing more new construction. I think really the, the biggest issue that we've faced with new construction is the mid-range pricing. Right. And I think you've got high-end pricing. You look at what has happened up in Hermantown over the last few years. It's exploded. But those houses are several hundred thousand dollars. And you have uh, a mid-range, mid-range uh, price point that people are looking in that what they can afford, and you don't have new houses. And that's what they prefer. And so I think you're starting to see some of that. And I've certainly seen some of these these properties that are new, brand new houses that have sold for under 400 and um, I, I, but they also the thing I'd like to say is I've seen some some new construction for 250, 260. That's a good price point. And then I've seen them for 350. And the noticeable thing is is the quality. There's a big difference between yeah. a brand new house at 250 thousand and a brand new house at 350 thousand. And you know somebody can only afford 250. Great. But I'm not. I haven't been super impressed with the quality of those houses. All right. Um, moving on. Let's talk about um, where do you think values are going to go? What is your What is your prediction um, year over year? Maybe uh, do you think we're, our values will increase in 2021 by five percent, ten percent? I mean, anybody have any ideas here? I personally think we're probably going to be over ten percent. Um, year over year, um, that's a big jump. It is a big that's, jump, but I think, big jump. I think it's it's kind of um, 
it's building up. It just seems like that to me. Well, I think we're seeing it now, guys. I mean, I think we're you know what we experienced the last several years in these spring markets these these run up in prices, these many multiple offers on properties, and we're seeing it already. And that, to me, it's starting early this year. And I look at it and I, and I simply say, is this sustainable? Is this the is this back to two thousand you know four five six where where things just exploded out of control? Are the values that are going up and people that are bidding ten, fifteen, twenty, thirty thousand dollars over the list price? Is this a sustainable model? Can we continue to to see this in our marketplace? Frankly, I don't think it is. Uh, at least ten percent growth every year. I, I, I don't think every year. I'm well, just saying. I think this might be a hiccup year. I agree. But to you answer know. Gary's question, is the growth sustainable long term? I, I certainly don't think so. I think it will plateau. And a balanced market isn't necessarily a bad market. I think a balanced market, in fact, is, is almost necessary at this point to some degree because we're pricing out a lot of first-time home buyers uh, and their ability to get into homes, even though interest rates are low. It's starting to look more and more bleak for the average person to get into some of these houses. So I think a more balanced market is inevitable. And um, preferable. <laughs> okay, all right. I have a great question. Here's a, here's a problem that we're all going through, and I'm just going to call this uh, a question, and maybe it's a learning situation for me because this one is perplexing. So we all have sellers out there who want to find something new. They either want to move up, they want to move down, they want to they want to go into a different area, they want to wherever they want to go, and they want to stay in the Twin Ports. And there's nothing there for them. And of course, when they put their house on the market, that will solve part of the problem that we have. We know it'll sell. So I'm finding that sellers are really like going, well, what what do we do here? Um, we don't have a house. How can we put our house on the market? And more than ever before, that question's coming up, and more than ever before, for me, it's harder to answer with the certainty that they'll find something. Okay, so anybody have any comments on that? Yeah, I'm running into that a lot, um, and I think this is where, as real estate professionals, like we have an opportunity to take our business to the next level and do something that other agents aren't doing. Um, you know, and Ryan, I know I mentioned loving door knocking before. Well, what I love is telling my clients like that to drive around the areas that they want to be because typically they have a move up location and just jot down addresses that might interest them Bingo. and then I have Love no that. problem getting on the phone send, sending you know letters calling those people basically asking them like hey if the numbers made sense would you be willing to sell your home um, and I found more success in that and then that way those clients aren't feeling like they have to put their house on the market and risk finding something else let's be honest, when you're working with a buyer and they see that offer that's contingent on the seller locating suitable housing, that that's a hard thing for buyers too because they need to plan. So it's kind of that chicken or egg. Like, what do you do, you know? Um, all right, Mike, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to transition just a little bit. Um, have you seen any of the people that you're working with say, you know what? We have to do it. We just have to sell our house. We know we're not going to stay here. We don't have a place to go yet. And I've had a couple that were ready for transition housing just in case. Anything like that? Yeah, I think you find that more often than not. Well, I think the whole not knowing where you're going to go is what's creating this market a little bit right now. Is right. Because people are not going to put their house in the market if they, if they can't go somewhere. But what I have known is in the last year, I've had people that are like don't need to buy right now because they can go live with a relative or they have some kind of transition housing. Or there's a lot of apartments out there now. All yep. of a sudden we have a rental yep. market that can sustain that. 
Yeah, and then so they they are prepared to not find the house right now, but they will sell their house. So I definitely know there's been uh, quite a few of my sellers that have had the transition transition housing, and then we just look and we're not pressured to find something. Right. Okay, Ryan. Here's a scenario for you. Sure. I want to sell my house, but there's nothing out there that I want to buy. What are you going to tell me that's going to make me feel comfortable moving forward to put my house on the market? How are we going to make sure that I, you know, is there any ideas that you have? Well, I mean, I I love the idea of being a hunter and not a quote unquote gatherer. I'm I'm always trying to hunt for the next house for my for my clients. Right. So I'm going out there and I'm trying to be proactive rather than waiting for something to come onto the MLS. I'd want to get something onto the MLS for them or get something just for them in general, always being the hunter. Very good. Gary? Well, I think these are, these are great you know, comments by these agents, and uh, uh, we all know that this is a very difficult market, and finding stuff for people that want to sell their house. And I think the important thing, sellers want to sell their house because they know they're getting maximum value right now, and they may not be getting it next year. So I think that's a really, really big thing. And they're willing to... Uh, you know, do what they have to do. Get rid of their house. They'll rent for a while. and That's why, I, I swear, I think there's a lot of people out there that are really ready to swallow a one-year lease or a six-month lease, even if they lease it for a year and they're only there for four months because they found something. All right, folks, you've been tuned into the Twin Ports Real Estate Show. we got one little segment coming back, and I've got some follow-up questions here for our panel, so stay right there. Welcome back to the Twin Ports Real Estate Show. This is our last little segment, and um, we do want to touch on interest rates, um, and we're going to get to that. But before we do that, I guess since we have such limited time, I'm going to go to each one of our panel members and, um, again, give your phone number real quick, and then give out um, you know a lasting thought that you have based on what we've talked about. And we'll start with you, Megan. Well, I'm Megan Wilson, uh, your local real estate ninja, 218-428-7528. Um, and I think just kind of my thought on all of this, there's a lot of information out there. And as real estate professionals, we want to help you understand what's going on in the market and answer your questions. So whether you're you know, just curious, looking to buy, sell, you know, have a specific situation, like give your local real estate professional a call and, and ask us. That is a great point. Um, and I think a well-educated buyer, a well-educated seller is the best thing that we can provide. Mike? Yeah, Mike Ravala, uh, 218-591-6453. And yeah, I want to echo that too. Is Because if you thought, you know, even know a year ago, this is way different market. So you need your real estate professional to uh, to tell you how it is because we're in it every day. All right, Ryan? Ryan Bayless, 218-341-5833. And I'll echo that same thought. Representation is important in these crazy times. Get somebody who knows what they're doing. And Gary? Jim, um, well, I'm going to talk about interest rates. That's perfect. Because I think that's something that we're facing, and, and they've been going up steadily since December. And there was a, an article out this week that talked about the, the market, how it's escalated beyond control in some ways, and how, how and what will bring it back to reality. What, what will bring it back to a balanced market? And, and I think that the big theme to that was is rising interest rates. That will start to price people out of the marketplace, and uh, you know it will slow the pace of these sales. But when that happens, how it happens, and what it looks like, I certainly don't know. But we've started to see these interest rates go up. Uh, they've they've bumped up twice this week, and they're they're rapidly approaching the three percent mark. 
still historically low, but it's well, it's something we'll have to keep an eye on. All right, and uh, my final thought is um, the last two listings um, that I have sold have come with one offer in, but over the list price already. And that is because the agent has been informing the buyer. The buyer is aware of what's going on in the real real estate market. And just to try to get the house that maybe they've lost two or three, they come in first, there's no other offer, and they're five, ten thousand dollars over asking price. I've had sellers tip the scales on that. They go, wow, that's cool. We can shut all these showings down. I'm going to do it. And that's what's happened. So I, I think that was a great idea, and they are they're, they're Remax agents that we are working with day to day inside of our inside of our office. Our office, uh, the Superior office, has over fifty percent market share. Duluth has market share as well. I mean, our agents are the best. So if you want to be well informed and the best chance of finding your dream home or selling your house for maximum, you got to call one of us, and we'll take care of you. So thank you again, panel. Appreciate you very much. It's so cool. Worked with all these people for a lot of years. If you call any one of them, you will not go wrong. And that's it. Twin Ports Real Estate Show is ended. Gary, any final thoughts? Just want to say thank you to everybody. Appreciate your time coming out here and uh, weighing in on things. Uh, very good stuff here. Thanks for having us on. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, everybody. <laughs>